0: experience on the A40. People in Pembrokeshire are being given vague promises and are being asked to believe in jam tomorrow, Mr Crabbe said. I cannot support any of the options in the consultation, Mr Crabbe continued. They all carry serious risk for people in Pembrokeshire. Police in Haverford West have revealed they caught two licensed premises selling alcohol to underage customers recently after they staged a series of test purchases in the town. Three venues were tested by underage customers with two of the three allowing alcohol to be purchased. The third venue requested to see ID and when none was shown the person was refused. Police held the covert operation to provide licensed premises with feedback and remind them of their duty to protect underage people from buying alcohol. Police raised awareness of antisocial behaviour. One venue has now changed its policy following the operation and now only allowed over-18s to come in. And in sport, Angelique Kerber beat seven-time champion Serena Williams to win her first Wimbledon title and spoil the American's dream comeback as a mum. The German 11th seed, aged 30, beat the 23-time Grand Slam champion 6-3, 6-3, to add this title to her 2016 Australian Open and US Open crowns. Williams had been favourite despite only having given birth to in September, England lost 2-0 to Belgium in the FIFA World Cup in Russia. The final between France and Croatia is taking place today. And Tenby's long course weekend concludes today with the marathon race. There will be road closures in place and drivers are asked to respect all the diversions. That's the latest. You're up to date on Pure West Radio. For Pembrokeshire, from
1: Pembrokeshire, Pure West Radio. All the time that we spend together I won't fuss,
2: I won't fight Trying to make you mine You know I'm not that kind
3: (laughs) Woo! Come on!
1: West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page, Pure West Radio. Drop top horse,
4: boy, on my wrist, diamonds up and down my chain. Uh-huh. Cardi B's chasing and can't tell me. Let them balls up and I change the game. is my big bronze boogie got all them girls shook. shook. My big fat. I got all them boys hook, hook We're from dollar bills and I'll be popping rubber bands You no what to me while I do my money dance, say I- hey.
3: Country Show with me, Sarah Miller, and my very special guest this morning.
5: Hey, it's me. I'm back on the mic It's Will Pritchard, Sarah.
3: <laughs> Hi, Will. Lovely to have you along this morning. Well, I'm
5: delighted to be here. <laughs> absolutely delighted to be here.
3: you managed to get off the uh, drought-ridden farm. <laughs> well, yeah,
5: we're just sort of kicking dust around the That's yard right. at the moment. So it's like uh, the Wild West, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Coming to the studio. Do you remember back in the winter, we were talking about the studio sort of being, you know, very cold? Yeah. It's just, just right now, isn't it? It's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely <sport>. just right. <laughs>
3: A great temperature to be working in. It it is indeed. We've got lots on the show again this morning. There's loads going on out there in the big wide world.
5: Well, tell me about it, of course, on agriculture being hugely affected by what's going on with Brexit at the moment. And we'll be looking at some of those stories, Sarah.
3: Yeah, we most certainly will. We're Have a look to see if any any more people have fallen out of government. We'll also be having a look at uh, some of the supermarkets, what Tesco and Carrefour say they're going to do. They're going to try and build a strategic alliance because obviously they're looking ahead to Brexit. You know, Tesco, obviously a UK-based company, dealing with Carrefour, a French-based uh, company.
5: So, so I can see how the French loafs are coming this way. so <laughs> you know, What are we going to send back? That's what I want to know.
3: <laughs> well, so we have got so some roast content, beef. Roast beef, I yeah. I think we might need all the roast beef ourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope
5: so. Let's hope so.
3: <laughs> and um, also, we'll be having a look at uh, what's been going on in the national parks. There's some big litter collection going on there, so we'll, we'll have a look at that. Plus, you know, we'll be covering a diverse range of topics this morning. And um, I'll also have all the mm. usual stuff. I'm going up to Cardigan for the market prices, I'm going to have a look at what's going on And obviously the most important thing that we're all talking about at the moment No, I don't mean the World Cup, the weather
5: (laughs) Yeah, well I'll be doing a little dance outside Sarah see (laughs) See if we can get that second cut moving again
3: I'll be doing a little dance outside, see if we can win the World Cup Listen as your day unfolds,
6: challenge what the future holds Try and keep your head up to the sky Lovers they may cause you tears Go ahead release your fears Stand up and be counted Don't be ashamed to cry You gotta be You gotta be bad You gotta be bold You gotta be wiser You gotta be hard You gotta be tough You gotta be Challenge what the future holds Trying to keep your head up to the sky Lovers, they may cause you tears Go ahead, release your fears My, oh my eh, eh, eh. You gotta be bad, you gotta be bold You gotta be wiser You gotta be hard, you gotta be tough You gotta be stronger
5: Sunday Mornings Farm and Country Show here on Pure West Radio with myself, Will Pritchard, and of course, anchoring as usual, Sarah Miller. Now then, Sarah, um... This whole Brexit thing this week has sort of really started to unravel in Westminster. It really has. Yeah. And it's very difficult as a farmer to sort of do any planning, any businessman, I should imagine, in the, in the UK, planning around what's going to happen in Brexit. But the NFU uh, have been putting some strong words towards uh, Theresa May and her government, saying, you know, you've got to get this sorted out and you've got to make sure this country can eat food.
3: Mm, too right. Yes, the NFU president, Minette Batters, has written to the Prime Minister calling for clarity and consistency across the government for a Brexit that backs British food production, and boy are we going to need it. Now she sent a letter, and the Prime Minister must have been relieved, it wasn't a letter of resignation, uh, and it follows the meeting between the Prime Minister and the NFU president which went on last week, and reinforces the strong message that Mrs Batters has conveyed to Mrs May on the significance of farming's contribution to society, the environment and the economy. In particular, Mrs Batters reiterated the firm stance the NFU is taking in demanding that the government ensures the high environmental, animal welfare and food safety standards that underpin British food production and are not undermined by our post-Brexit trade policy. Alongside this, Ms. Batters emphasised to the Prime Minister the public's desire for strong safeguards with legal underpinning to ensure food imported from overseas is not produced to lower, cheaper standards which would put our farmers at a competitive disadvantage whilst also undermining choice and safety for the public. Now despite welcome assurances from the Prime Minister in their meeting, Mrs Batter said the letter that she in, in the letter she is very concerned that there is not a united view across the government on this. With the key cabinet meeting at Chequers and with the imminent publication of the government's Brexit white paper, Mrs Batter said she hopes to see the NFU's views reflected in the government's vision for a Brexit settlement and our future relationship with the EU. She says, we support the whole economy approach that avoids carving out agri-food products from broader arrangements for trade in goods in a way that threatens to introduce unacceptable and damaging levels of friction in trade with our biggest trading partner, she writes. Without firm and clear safeguards, there is a real risk that future trading relationships outside the EU will allow access to our markets for cheap imports produced to lower standards. And she also made it clear to the Prime Minister what her vision of success will look like. I want British farmers and growers to remain the number one supplier of choice to the UK market. And I want British people to be able to enjoy more sustainable, quality, affordable British food at a range of different prices that suit all incomes while exporting more grape produce abo- abroad. And a couple of statistics here because we like our stats. Farmland covers 70% of the nation. Under agri-environment schemes in England, more than 30,000 kilometres of hedgerows have been planted or restored. Total greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture have fallen by 17% uh, since 1990, and uh, British farms produce 61% of our nation's food, and British food is produced to some of the highest standards in the world, underpinned by the insurance schemes like the Red Tractor, and food and farming provides 3.8 million jobs, and food is the bedrock of our largest manufacturing sector, Sector food and drink, which contributes $111 billion to the country's economy. So you're a statistic in that, aren't you, Will?
5: I certainly am, I certainly I mean, am the last one billion out of <laughs> <million>. <laughs> I, d- I don't know I don't know, but um, I've been pretty relaxed about about brexit. I think there's positives and negatives depending on which well, side of the argument you are, are. Know, we? And, and we don't know, and no. we've got we've got to find out before before we know, but you know at beginning of the week this is the bit of, I find quite uh, difficult. I am making decisions thinking we're having a soft brexit by the end of the week. I'm thinking mm-hmm. there could be a no deal isn't it and and that that sort of turmoil in your mind is probably stuck stopping us making farming decisions which are post sort of march and we are we, we're a cyclical industry sir we're a cyclical industry that, that works on a sort of annual game plan if you like so
3: um so don't stop producing milk or beef well no i think um, there's going to be massive demand for it yeah yeah well i, oh think, yeah. I think we
5: should put you in charge and sir the,
3: the wheels will come off for a couple of weeks while this whole thing goes through next march right because there's there's, there's just unseen barriers that we just don't know are out there till unfortunately they fall in our lap
0: Is there something missing in your education history? Maybe you feel you're not fulfilling your potential. Pembrokeshire College offer degree routes and higher apprenticeships in a number of subjects, meaning you don't need to leave Pembrokeshire to get a degree-level qualification to further your career. With funding and part-time delivery available, you can fit study around your work and family commitments.
7: Pure West Radio. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. If it's happening in Pembrokeshire, it's on Pure West Radio. We have on average 2,500 listens every day and 17,000 each week. Your message can be heard by all of our listeners and prices start from as little as £15. Now you can be part of this exciting new community-based radio station for Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. So, what are you waiting for? Get a free quote today. Call 01437 76 or email info at purewestradio.com
1: This is Pure West Radio for Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. Easy come. On. Easy go, that's just how
2: you live. Oh, take, take, take it all, but you never give. Should've known you was trouble from the first kiss. Had your eyes wide open. Why were they open? Ooh. Gave you all I had it. You tossed it in the trash. You tossed it. Grenade My car Gave you all I had And you tossed it in the trash it's tossed it in the trash Yes you did
3: West Farm and Country Show, coming to you from Haverford West with Sarah Miller and Will Pritchard. Now, we're talking about food there, the impact of Brexit, and we've got a story here now, hopefully... ...about uh, a UK-based supermarket and a supermarket based in France joining forces.
5: Well, I think this is really interesting, Sina. So really, we should have you uh, focusing okay. on this one... ...because you are sort of, you know, bilingual, aren't you, <laughs> between, uh, yeah. between France and the UK? You, you, you holiday there quite often, don't you? So, um,
3: I certainly do. So, so I, do you food.
5: Do, <laughs> <laughs> do you shop at Carrefour?
3: I do, indeed. Oh, right, it's okay. enormous. It makes our supermarkets just look like corner shops.
5: Oh, right, OK. <laughs> well, Tesco and Carrefour are announcing their intention to enter into a long-term strategic alliance... The Alliance will cover the strategic relationship with global suppliers, the joint purchasing of own brand products and goods not for resale, and it will be governed by a three-year operational framework. So, is this a way? of getting past so. the, um, what do they call it, the Monopolies and Mergers Commission. Could be. Commission. So you just, uh, you just pick out parts of your business. And,
3: and we're keeping French food on our supermarket shelves. Ah, uh, good, uh, thinking. Uh, good thinking.
5: Good thinking. Well, the alliance will cover the strategic relationship uh, and enable both companies to improve the quality and choice of products available to their customers at even lower prices, thereby enhancing their competitiveness. The, this agreement will also allow both companies to strengthen their relationships with suppliers and create significant opportunities for those suppliers. Each company will continue to work with supplier partners at a local and national level. There are so many mm-hmm. uh, bits of information to take <laughs> out of that past paragraph, Sarah. So um, it'll be good for the suppliers, but the prices will be lower, is what they're saying. Now, yeah. in a minute, we surely, that what you will. the general public are going to turn around and go, actually... Uh, the value of food is greater than what you're trying to yeah. do. That actually having good quality food and people producing food without being under too much pressure is a good thing for for all of us. Because this doesn't sound like it. Ch- oh, am I being too negative here, sir? Am I?
3: You're, you're being a tad negative. Am I? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, we're- Give us some more information.
5: Well, it's anticipated the alliance will be formally agreed within the next two months. Following the formal agreement, both parties will start to work towards realising the benefits outlined above. Now, Tesco uh, Chief Executive uh, Dave Lewis, who's already bought a big farm in France, I think, to go go and stay while they negotiate. Uh, I'm only joking. I have no idea. Uh, By working together and making the most of our collective product expertise and sourcing capability, we will be able to serve our customers even better, further improving choice quality and value. You. Tesco's performance has gradually improved since 2014 when it reported its worst results in its history with a record pre-tax loss of £6.4 billion. I remember us yes, covering absolutely. that many years yeah. ago. However, it recently recorded its 10th consecutive quarter of rising sales and its growth plans were on track. In January, Carrefour announced a major transformation plan that involved uh, making cost cuts of 2 billion euros by 2020 and investing 2.8 billion in e-commerce by 2022. Now announcing the plan tie up with Tesco the Carrefour Group uh, chief executive Alexander Bompard well pronounced? Uh, yes, yeah, got my little twang, my little French <laughs> twang place. on there, yeah.
3: The
5: <laughs> Said the agreement was a great opportunity to ve- to develop our two brands at, uh, at the service of our customers. The international alliance further strengthens Carrefour's. Uh, allowing it to reach a key milestone in the implementation of its strategy. The grocery sector is currently going through a period of rapid change. Tesco itself recently completed the purchase of wholesaler Booker and in April Sainsbury said it was in advanced talks to buy Asda. The traditional big four UK supermarkets uh, Tesco, Sainsbury's, Asda and Morrison's have faced increasing competition from the rapidly expanding budget chains Lidl and Aldi over the past few years and there is now the added threat of internet giant Amazon moving into the sector. Last year, Amazon bought upmarket grocer Whole Foods. Uh, in the UK, Amazon offers food sales to its Amazon Fresh service and although currently uh, it is focused on the Greater London and parts of the South East. So it is changing, it is, isn't it? And, and, and I say four or five years ago, we, the Big Four, looked untouchable, didn't they? Mm, and um, uh, and now now there's all sorts of changes. So alliances um, across With, the English yeah, Channel.
3: That's that's an that
5: is a really interesting Import,
3: one.
5: export. Right, and and you think Brexit's having an? I think some, so, sort some of things we'll
3: be able to sort of. Uh, Come into the country and go out of the country more smoothly if you're working under an alliance. Mm. Sunday morning, and you're listening to your Pure West Farm and Country Show. Now, Will, we're going to have a look at what's going on in the organic world, because the um, uh, O, F, and G, so it's the organic farmers and growers, um, people who do the licensing, are talking about change. Now, the organic sector needs to change if it engages with farmers, consumers, and policy makers, if the huge opportunities offered by the sector are to be taken more seriously. Because it's been very quiet just lately, hasn't it, the organic mm. market? I think that's probably because of the surge towards Aldi and Lidl and places like that. that Okay. People are, you know, shopping on or, or looking more at their uh, spending on food. Now, Richard Kerr, who's the chief uh, executive of the organic licensing body OFNG, said organic farming offered major potential uh, to businesses post-Brexit, as well as the significant opportunities for ecological innovation. But too many years of comparing and criticising other production systems mean that the sector has not received the positive attention it deserves. Something producers and organic businesses had to change. Well, to be Quite frankly, they've been very quiet, haven't they? We've heard yeah, nothing yeah. from them. Now, speaking at the of gs National Organic Combinable Crops Conference in Schiffnell, Shropshire, uh, last Tuesday, Mr. Kerr said organic's ability to deliver environmental and public goods should put the sector at the heart of the mix of post-Brexit farming policy discussions. Because of that is because organic has become a loaded word, he said. We need to change things. We need to start engaging, sharing and change... The record, if organic, is to be a part of the UK's domestic agricultural policy. Yeah, organic is loaded with expense. That's, that's
5: the well, uh, I mean the, thing, the thing about organic, you <laughs> is it's probably the very best feel-good brand. Mm. You know, if you pick yeah. up something organic, you have no real idea what that stands for, but you know it's good.
3: <laughs> and, and yeah, and also, uh, certainly I know, having been a mother of two very small children who've now grown up, you think you're buying the best for them. Yeah, it's feel-good. It it is feel-good, and you feel you're doing the best for your children by buying organic. (coughs) Now they feed themselves. (laughs) Anyway, he says, we need to talk about organic differently and show that it's good for business and delivers on productivity. We need to talk about its opportunity to deliver on cash flow and product integrity, and also about ecological innovation alongside technical innovation, which is an area we really haven't started to mine as far as the government is concerned. We need to place organic in the centre of that to help drive the innovation. Now in its 11th year, NOCC has become a vital part of the organic farming calendar, bringing together over 200 people from across food, farming, including organic and non-organic, farmers, processors, retailers, academics and plant breeders. Speaking at this year's event included the Australian soil scientist Joel uh, Williams and NIAB's Head of Farming Systems, Liz Stockdale, who offered practical advice to delegates on improving soil health and structure. Regardless of systems, both speakers stressed the importance of farmers really getting to know their soil health by spending more time handling and observing them. Do you do that? Do you handle your soil? (laughs) I
5: do, I do actually. No, no, I'm I'm big on soils, Sarah, yes, yeah.
3: So scientists don't know everything about soils and neither do farmers, Dr Stockdale said. Knowing your textures and the way soil works matters. We need to get out of our tractors and look at what we're dealing with. So there we go. So they're calling there the the organic farmers and growers for a radical change and to try and uh, interpret the word organic a little differently. But I think they'll still have quite a lot of work to do because for a lot of people that will still mean expensive.
1: From Pembrokeshire.
3: morning and you're listening to your Pure West Farm and Country Show with Sarah and Will. Now uh, NFU Cymru have been uh, beating the drum about uh, their version of what's going to happen after Brexit and I think they've just launched a consultation white paper or something or other?
5: Well, yeah, well, the Welsh government certainly have, Sarah, and uh, I suppose it puts it into context, really, when when the, when the big game is still in play in uh, in Westminster. <laughs> that he, here we are trying to decide exactly what we're going to do post post Brexit here in Wales. So, uh, you know, in that context, and I you know I do sort of uh, mean that in the, in that context.
3: Well, uh, agriculture is devolved to the Welsh Assembly Government. So well, it,
5: well, it certainly is, but unless we know what framework we're playing in, it's very difficult to to make sort of specific. Demands in terms of what, what, what we can or cannot do. So NFU Cymru is urging farmers across Wales to make their voices heard following the launch of the Welsh Government's Brexit and our land consultation. Now, the union said the consultation, which uh, was launched uh, this week on the 10th of July, will be the most significant and important Welsh Government consultation for a generation. Now, NFU Cymru will be undertaking a comprehensive member engagement programme over the coming months which includes a dedicated consultation seminar at the Royal Welsh Show and similar briefings at summer county shows as well as five regional roadshow events across Wales in September. All designed to ensure farmers are able to respond effectively to the proposals. Now, uh, John Davis, who is, of course, the NFU Cymru president, said NFU Cymru's vision for a future Welsh agricultural policy is built firmly on three cornerstones, productivity, volatility and the environment. Although the consultation considers in detail productivity measures, economic resilience and environment measures, public goods, it appears to suggest that volatility or stability measures are not required. Whilst we accept that the Welsh Government is proposing a multi year phase removal of the BPS, the the, the um, payment scheme, yeah. the basic payment scheme, it is a firm belief of the Union that given the unprecedented weather events of the last year and the impact That has had on the industry coupled with the continued global political instability and ongoing uncertainty over future trading relationships. The case for maintaining stability measures as a strong element of any future agricultural policy has, in fact, never been more compelling if we are to ensure that the continued supply of safe, quality, affordable food. Wow.
3: Well, that's pretty much what Minna, that I said,
5: wasn't it? It it certainly is. And the case for farm support is a strong one. Just last year, the NFU commissioned research which showed that for every £1 invested by government in agriculture, the industry delivers a return of £7.40. That's a £1.5 billion return on the £200 million a year currently spent on direct payments in Wales. So add this to the wider environmental, cultural and social contribution of farming and there can be little doubt that the industry represents extremely good value for money. Removing direct payments would have a massive impact on Welsh agricultural industry and because farming is so intrinsically linked uh, to the well-being of Wales it would have uh, consequently have a similar detrimental effect on the people and communities of Wales. The Welsh Government's continued stance that Wales should not lose a penny as a result of Brexit is of course to be commended. So it's 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 really interesting stuff, um, and,
3: I, I, and again di- and difficult as you say because we've got no leadership I, at the moment.
5: I've got I've got I've got a slight problem, Sarah, with some of the sort of some of the wording that's now sort of slipped in. We talk now about communities and, and land, um, as if you know it's a, it's a, it's Brexit and our land. Well. It's not everybody's land, is it? It's yeah. owned by individuals, <laughs> and uh, in it, it, uh, stealthily, I think the nationalisation of the, of the agricultural industry may well be happening here. So more access into land. Mm,
2: yes, yeah. Uh, so you know, in the yeah, yeah and,
5: and suddenly, you know, now we're going to tell you what you can or cannot do with your land. You know, is there much point in owning land if if, if the, the government are going to be quite so prescriptive in what they allow you to do? And then this goes back, Sarah, really, to w- what is land? You know, what is land? Well, if we go back, it's 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 actually owned by the crown, and we're given the rights to we buy the rights to be able to um, to, to, to actually farm it and do whatever we want on that land. So and let's
3: face it: no matter how big a family is. Them, her mad. She's not going to be able to deal with all the farmland.
5: She, in the UK, she can't, can she? Can't she, she? She? She, she, can't she, need, she needs a few. She needs. What well, she had cows and she sold them, didn't yeah. she? Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <true. laughs> she, she might have yours now. She. Well, it's it, 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 it's interesting because um, I Don't think our, no our, whole, our, our whole political industry is sort of based on this. So meddling with it too much yeah, um, may 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 not be exactly what we need need to do.
7: Contact us today for a free quote. Call 01437 764455 or email info at purewestradio.com From my Cahog
1: tomatoes for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire this is Pure West Radio.
0: With the latest news for Pembrokeshire, I'm Sarah Hoss. Stephen Crabb MP has published his response to Howell health service proposals for Pembrokeshire, with a scathing criticism of Welsh Government for causing problems at Withybush. The uncertainty over the future of the county's hospital has caused the staffing crisis, the MP said. The Health Board has been running a major public consultation exercise, Our Big NHS Change, providing three options for consideration, but the local MP says in his letter to the Chief Executive of Howell R, Steve Moore, that the Health Board is seeking to fix a problem which is the responsibility of the Welsh Government. In particular, Mr Crabb raised concerns over travelling times and delays that people often experience on the A40. People in Pembrokeshire are being given vague promises and are being asked to believe in jam tomorrow, Mr Crabbe said. I cannot support any of the options in the consultation, Mr Crabbe continued. They all carry serious risk for people in Pembrokeshire. Police in Haverford West have revealed they caught two licensed premises selling alcohol to underage customers recently after they staged a series of test purchases in the town. Three venues were tested by underage customers, with two of the three allowing alcohol to be purchased. The third venue requested to see ID, and when none was shown, the person was refused. Police held the covert operation to provide licensed premises with feedback and remind them of their duty to protect underage people from buying alcohol. Police raised awareness of antisocial behaviour. One venue has now changed its policy following the operation and now only allows over-18s to come in. And in sport, Angelique Kerber beat seven-time champion Serena Williams to win her first Wimbledon title.